Welcome to the G-String. My next guest is renowned actor Ray Abruzzo. You'll enjoy this one. Hello, Ray. Hey. Hey, how you doing? This is Mickey. Good. How you going, Mickey? Mickey's a real nickname, so. Michael and Mickey. My my name's Mike. Yeah, Mickey. Yeah, I like Mike. You can call me Mike. I'll go with Mike. Yeah. Friends call me Mike. Yeah. We're friends. I'll call you Mike. Yeah, we are. And I'm so glad we met. We met through an introduction to my wife, through her art, I guess like a piece of hers and then you're communicating and she set this up and it's with uh great respect and gratitude i'd like to welcome to the g-string ray abruzzo and uh ray you're one of the more successful career actors that i've ever met and actually looked at here you've actually made a career of the whole thing all the way to retirement are you retired now no, I mean, you know, that, I think that's going to be my approach now. I think I'm going to say I'm retired, and if they ever offer me a job, I'll say, okay, I'll come out of retirement. I think that might, that might be a way to go. You know, it'll seem like I'm not desperate. I'm not hungry. I don't really care. Yeah. But, uh, so, so I'll try that approach for the next 40 years, because the last 40 <laughs> years, I, I did the whole I'm desperate to work thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, the valley actually, I did turn say, Hey, no, no, thanks. I'm on to something else. I've moved on, you know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're well known for the and where I first really kind of became a fan of, of, of your work was in The Sopranos, uh, you know, Little Carmine, and uh, yeah. you're well known for that. But you're also, we did the reverse here. I'm from LA, you're from New York, right? Born there, right. and right. then, uh, now you're out in California, and I'm out east. I'm in Cincinnati, not quite New York, but um, it's different. You know, two coasts. They call the California the left coast. Did you ever refer to the uh, California or the West Coast as the left coast when you're in New York growing up? Never, never, what? never. No, yeah. no, no. I think Woody Allen made a reference to it. It's, oh, call it. I think oh. he, he, he called it. I always remember the – I just – I don't know why this just came to me, but there's some movie, he, maybe it was Annie Hall. He said the only redeeming value about California was that you could make a right turn on red. And that was, <laughs> well, that was way, that was way back. Now you could do that everywhere, but that was one of the, first things. <laughs> California was the first, I think, to do that. Oh, to do that. <laughs> I didn't realize. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, in Southern California. And uh, I, I've been there about 10 years ago. I've been here for 10 years now. and I've come to love it out here with the seasons and things, but I miss it when I start seeing some of the things and listening to your interviews and the plays that you're doing. I, I want to be there so I can come and see, you know, I haven't seen you. Well, in a play. And, and, well I, you know, I always, Actually, I like to do plays in New York too. Hopefully uh, that could happen one of these days again. Make sure, make sure you, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me know, send a notice or something. Uh, yeah, like to come and see you know play you know i've seen you on yeah. television and many shows and i think your first arc where you really took off was what, la law was that uh yeah i think L- la law was probably was really a kind of a, a kind of a break for me i had done a few guest star parts before but at that period of time la law i think it was the second season if i'm not mistaken and the show was you know it was the hottest show on television and i, I had a nice I had a nice five episode arc and 
you know, the, the thing in this business, you could do a lot of TV, but if you do the show that the people in the industry are watching, it makes all the difference in the world. And at that particular period of time, L.A. Law was the show that everybody in the business was watching as well as uh, the rest of America. So I had a nice little arc on that. And that kind of opened some doors for me. And from that, I got cast right uh, right after that on uh, Dynasty. And then things kind of snowballed from there. And, you know, there were ups and downs and big dry periods. And, you know, but then, uh, you know, you just try You're to... Successful. Yeah, to young actors, you, you say you've avoided a lot of the bitterness. There's people that they'll make it and they'll do something to make some money and then they don't know how to budget in between. What did you do in between on those long periods, the hiatus uh, in between shows and stuff? Did you have to think about waiting tables or anything? Or yeah, well, you know something, I it would always uh, since since then I've never done another job. The only other thing I've ever done is I I did some writing. I was the head writer and directed on a kids show for Nickelodeon, but that's the only job I've done that wasn't acting uh, since that period of time. So, uh, you know, it's been dry and it's like, oh, my God, I can't pay the rent next month. And then all of a sudden something will come in. Just give me enough to keep my head. You know, many years I'm just keeping my head above water. I'm treading water. Come on. And then, you know, then you get a break and, you you know, and then you're yeah. OK for a while. And then you're back to treading water and the, the wolf is at the door and then something comes up. I've always managed to just, you know, I never made it really big, you know, but uh, uh -huh. I've managed. I've managed to stay in it, you know, and I look back and I think, okay, you know, I decided to do this when I was a kid, you know, a teenager. And here I am, you know, now in my late sixties and, you know, I did it. So, yeah, you did. That's, as yeah. I mentioned, I admire that. Yeah. How you did. It was my dream too, but I, I had talents and skills and something in one of your stories uh, made me think this. Um, I was on the other side of the camera as a medic. Uh, my first big one was Darkman Liam Neeson. I've, I watched a lot of actors that first very started out. They weren't known. And then I watched them grow like Claire Danes. I worked on most of my so-called life as a nurse. And then now, you know, Homeland, you know, I, I watched right, them right. And, and got to meet them when they very first started. And, um, and you just all the way through it. I remember on the other side in the union, you know, I would have those laws too in between feature films. And yeah. uh, boy, you know, I ended up, well, being a nurse, I could go work in a hospital, you know, right, through right. And so I, I used to do that in between. But yeah, I admire how, how you made it all the way through. And then now you're there and how, you love in California. You were on the beach. Why, why would, you left the beach because you want you're, you have a horse. I, I left the beach and I, I moved up, you know, really only 10 minutes away from uh, from the coast just straight up into one of the canyons and my friend has a beautiful piece of property and i got into horses about eight nine years ago and uh so i just traded the uh, the ocean for the mountains and that's the thing about california you, I know, love the it. Ocean, you know it's where the ocean yeah. meets meets the mountains you know and i love it I, I lived in topanga way up there for a while that's where i am yeah, i'm in really? topanga Oh, yeah. I it. yeah, all the artists seem to end up there as an yeah. artist. Yourself. There's a lot of artists all the way up through there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it up there. And why you all the way it's down? So One side you go to the beach, the other side you're in the valley, right? <laughs> and it's pretty, yeah, it really is amazing. You know, it's so funny because I, I, you know what cameo videos are? You know, those that, ca yeah. that web? Yeah. So I do a lot of cameos. Uh, oh, okay. Those, you know, that's what people, they, they order, you know, a birthday wish for them, for somebody. So right. I, Right. I did one for a guy from, he was Italian, but he lived in London, but his name was Italian. And 
I wrote back to him and I wrote back a little bit in Italian and he answered me. And then he, he ends up telling me that uh, he lived in California when he was going to law school. And, uh, and then he said he had left his family business to go to law school. And I said, well, what was your family business? He said, we were acrobats in the circus. And oh, like, wow. Well, <laughs> but here's the thing. I said, what year? He said, 1986. In 1986, this is going to go full circle. I was on L.A. Law, like I said. And my character left the family circus business to become a lawyer. <laughs> and, wow. it, and it was this guy's real story. So I said, well, where'd you live in California? He said, I lived in Topanga <laughs> Canyon. I said, what? He gave me his address. He lived literally a quarter of a mile from me in 1986 when he was going to law school to get out of being in a circus family. When I was at the, and at the time, that's exactly what I was playing on L.A. Law. It was such a weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this guy was like serendipitous uh, type of thing. Yeah. I've had things like that happen to me, too. Yeah, um, yeah I guess I uh, first got on. I got on behind the camera with uh, as a medic because that, that was uh, uh, first responder LA City, and I got on film with Danny Allo Jr. Stuntman, oh, right. stunt meter, and and I guess someone got hit by a car. On I was out in the street, and I was all over it, and ran things. He saw all that, and then he kind of dragged me wherever he went. You know, different shows. You get to know people like that, and they see that you know right. what you're doing. And and same sounds like with you. You you get introduced to a family you know, most entertainment business. And it's, uh, it's, it, that's what keeps you going. You just kind of, yeah. you, you know, I could, well, like you said, cause you, you, it's funny, you mentioned LA law because, uh, that, like I said, that was my first kind of break. It was only five episodes, but because, uh, David Kelly was a writer on the show at the time. But then later he went on to executive produce and write, you know, Ali McBeal, the practice, Boston legal. So that I ended up being on the practice years later because of him. And yeah. uh, and then Boston Legal. So there there is that, but yeah. Oh, Danny Aiello. Yeah, he he died way too young, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. way way yeah. too young. And well, I, I haven't heard much about his son. Of course, he's behind the scenes, but I think he's still around. Uh, Ran it's, it's 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 a great life. It's very dynamic, you know, all the different things you're on. But the main thing, is Sopranos. I really enjoyed. Uh, what you did there, little Carmine was was quite the character. One, I'm going to use a Carmine word, conundrum. Was why, why did Carmine get a like not follow the rules? Why, why just kind of do what he wanted in Miami stuff? He, he was a made man, right? So yeah. why, why, you have that, why do you have that freedom to just you know take off, well, do what I he wants, and because, move on? Well, well, it was kind of by his choice, you know. He, you know, right. I think he, you know, he saw his father was the boss in New York and he kind of wanted to have his own life at that point. And then when his father died, he did become, there was a period of time where he became obsessed with taking over his father's position and being boss. And then I have a, there's a beautiful speech written by Terry Winter uh, when I'm at the golf course with uh, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini. And he, he's telling me this, this is where I've kind of given up being boss. And he says, step up, Carmine, you know, take over. The, you know, we, you have our backing. And he tells this whole story about uh, a dream that he had about his father and his, his father's 100th birthday. It's a beautiful speech, you know. Yeah. And, but the gist of the speech was that his father was telling him it's not about being boss. It's about being happy, you know. And, right. you know, and that registers on Tony's face as well, that, you know what, it's not just about that. He found 
he found that he could make enough money, do what he's done, and he has a beautiful wife. He has a great uh, life with his wife. She loves him. She didn't want. She she has a line. She didn't want to die being the wealthiest widow on Long Island, so she wanted him to quit. So he did it for his wife, and, I, and that's another thing that registered with Tony that is that Carline's wife didn't care if he was bored. She wanted him to be alive. And uh, right. so, you know, now, so, in real life, mafia things like that. Did they have? Did they have like? A, technical like i've been medical technical advisor on script stuff did they have anybody that did things the writers what it was really like because when you watch your show you feel like you're getting a peek into the yeah. mind you, you know there's like, been so there's been so much produced and so much you know i know there were a lot of fbi tapes that david chase had listened to but he was kind of around that world and he just had a great ear for that kind of dialogue and a lot of stuff he just created out of his mind but within with within what he knew about the real guys uh but yeah, didn't have, great job. Not, we didn't have any real we didn't have, they, i don't think you know, there were no mobsters in the writer's room helping out. I think, you know, somebody had a connection I, to somebody. Yeah. Those uh, are not going to yeah. say their names anyway, right? And it's a shooting right. That would never happen. But I think that yeah. they were surprised by uh, by some of the stuff that came out on the show that just seemed so real to them. You know, yeah, I, I heard a lot of them watched it and they, they kept their eyes. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they definitely did. They, they yeah. definitely did. <laughs> Did you ever find yourself looking over your back or anything? <laughs> no, not you, know, it, you know, it's funny. I had an idea. When I first got cast, there was a rumor that I was going to be the one that was going to kill Tony. Somebody mentioned that to me when I Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So I thought, wow, that's, you know, boy. And so I had this idea of like a Larry David type show where once The Sopranos was over, that I'd have to go into hiding because the real mob wanted to kill me for killing Tony Soprano. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. a great reality show of me like yeah. on the run, you know, running yeah. me being Ray Brutes, I'm just like Larry David really plays Larry David, the creator of Seinfeld, but then there's right. all this, you know, all the fiction that goes with it. And I just thought right. that, would be a, that would have been a very funny after Sopranos kind of uh, show. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, it ended up that I wasn't, I didn't kill him, so that wasn't good. Uh, no, it's, and I, I hear, I've listened to some of your interviews, you think that what happened to him he didn't get killed he moved on and but it just kind of leaves everybody guessing it's funny about people fill in the blanks now have you ever been the subject of like you have long space or you don't appear in the public because you're a public figure that people fill in the blanks or where is he now or they've said things about you that are untrue like narratives they're just so far yeah. off you get no, hit with those sometimes no i think i think my career has flown under the radar just enough to avoid that kind of that kind yeah. of publicity and speculation you know i noticed yeah. that yeah i noticed yeah. that that's pretty cool I kind yeah. of keep my, i've always kept my private life kind of you know uh kind of private not um you know i, I never really you know i was always just you know, I was never one to be chased. Although I did, when I was on Dynasty, I got chased by the paparazzi. That was, but that was like in, yeah. in London, <laughs> in America, nobody cared. But in London at that period of time, Dynasty or Dynasty, as they called it, was huge. It was still huge in, in England. And I was in London, and I couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere. I got everybody knew who I was, and then I got home. 
back to America and Dynasty was already on its way down and nobody cared who I was. You know, I get, I'm getting my own bags and everything. But in London, I'm being chased by paparazzi. Um, oh, so I just how was, I it? A, it was, was it? Was know, it fun or annoying? Well, it, it was a sign autograph. Did you have assistants per- around you that can kind of? No, I've never had assistants. Oh, but we did have. We did. I went to a, a cricket match and I had to have like security guards to walk through a crowd. That, yeah. that I felt. You know what it felt like? I felt like I went into somebody's life for a couple of weeks. It, didn't, yeah. it just didn't feel like me because. That didn't exist when I was home in America. Nobody did. Right. And then I was over there, and all of a sudden, it's like, who do they think I am? You know, it's like. I know. Because. You end up walking carpets with bodyguards, arms locked, yeah. you know, holding the audience off. And they, yeah. <laughs> in certain uh, areas of the world, and others, there's no big deal, right? Yeah. I, felt- I, I, I don't have to worry about that. I'm okay. I could, I could pretty much go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you blend right in, chameleon. Yeah, me well, too. Now, well, pretty soon I'm going to start wearing a soprano sweatshirt when I go around, so maybe people will remember who I am. There was a movie. There was a movie called Soap Dish or something. I don't. With, yeah. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, oh oh, she played the flying nun. Oh, what was her name? Oh, Sally Field. Sally Field. Oh, yeah. And, yeah she, Sally and she's a soap act- actress, and they go, and she's really depressed. So Whoopi Goldberg makes her go to a shopping center. And uh-huh. then Whoopi Goldberg calls her name. Oh, whatever. Uh-huh. So the crowd and as, so the crowd comes over just to boost her ego. It's like so maybe maybe I'll try that a little now. What sweet? Did you get to meet Sally yourself? Yeah. Uh, no, Sally. I uh, oh, Sally I, I, I dropped by the set of my so-called. I'm gonna meet just shortly, but uh, so sweet. She has a sweet aura about her. You know, she's uh, yeah. And I'll tell you, when I first saw that, I I didn't watch that show regularly, but I went. I remember watching it a little bit. And it was just a very, that was really a groundbreaking show. And I remember seeing Claire Danes and thinking, wow, this kid is going to be a star. She's really, she's really got something. She was just so engaging and so alive and her acting was great. And she was beautiful and, and I sat through that whole thing and watched. Yeah, they, they'd watch the dailies afterwards. I'd sit in the room. And they would be crying over watching their own stuff. You know, she wow. really got into wow. it, buried herself. Well, we were right. Yeah. We were right. We, we yep. her. She, she's a very talented, talented actor. Yeah, really. It's amazing. Yeah. I like this show. Do you, is there some shows that you like now that you take time to watch? Uh, lately, I haven't turned my TV on at all. Sometimes big blank periods. But is there anything that, that you watch? You know, it's crazy because there's so much on now. Oh, I so many. I don't even. You know, somebody will say some show to me. They'll say, "Oh, it's in its fifth season." It's like I've never even heard huh? of it. You <laughs> I know, know too. Where it used to be, you know, when we grew up, there were three networks. You knew every show that was on, whether you watched exactly. it or not. You knew the show. Now right. There's, there's hundreds, and then there's, I know. You know, and they're foreign. Like I, just last two days, I just binge watched a Canadian show from ten years ago. Just by accident, I just clicked on it on Netflix. And all of a sudden, I found myself, I watched 12 episodes in a couple of days. It was called uh, Michael Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's about this uh, patient that comes to, you, that comes to see the shrink every Tuesday and Thursday. And I just got so involved in it. And, it's, uh, and I had some great guest stars, like Ed Asner guest starred on it as the uh-huh. shrink shrink. And even Samantha Bee did a quick one. And, you know, some celebrities would come up. But it's, it was a Canadian show, two actors I never knew. Uh, played the leads and they were they were just great and grabbed it yeah i have to check that out yeah i, look for little gems I just like that i like finding um, little gems and this was the, that's what this was this was like a little gem i'd never heard about it and then i watched another one called the extraordinary attorney woo and it's a huh. korean a korean series about this autistic girl who's an attorney because she 
her mind, she knows every law by heart. So she, even though she's autistic, she just knows the law better than anybody else. And, and her character is so interesting. That was another one I just binge watched. So kind of oddball things I watch, you know. I, yeah. I find that I, yeah. Yeah, that's what I like too. If I can guess something, because sometimes you can turn it on and you, you look and you watch the acting and you go, oh, look at them trying to act. Where'd they find that? I mean, they're really yeah, desperate. Yeah. So see. Yeah. Click, change the channel, you know. But, it's, it's, yeah. but yeah, little gems like that, you got to kind of sift through quite a bit. Yeah. So can, but yeah, yeah. it's good to get a recommendation. Thank you for that. I'm going to look that up and watch yeah. it. It's called Michael, that one. Michael Tuesday, Michael Tuesdays and Thursdays. Michael Tuesdays, that's easy. It's fine. Michael yeah. Tuesdays, Thursday. So um, it's 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 such a, an honor and privilege when just to be online to actually meet you and speak with you and and yeah, yeah. and we're the same generation pretty much. I'm not far behind. I'm 62, so I'm 60. So right, yeah. we've seen I, a lot of stuff. In my Michael, I would kill to be 62 again. Ah. But you really youth, <laughs> the youth, pains youth, were starting. Youth, youth, youth is way wasted on the young. You you have oh, no, no idea how lucky you are to be uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of the aches and pains. You gotta, you gotta exercise. Do you do you work out, try to stay in shape? You I dieting. try to, you know, COVID, COVID, you know, the pandemic, my gym was closed for a while. And then I just couldn't get myself to go back, and uh, boy, but now I'm getting back into it, and uh, it's hard. But yeah, no, I try to stay in shape. I, you know, I try yeah. to do a little yeah. something every day and keep my yeah, weight. Yeah, walk is a good one too. If you're way up in the hills, yeah, there, yeah, right? walk, you get yeah, that yeah. beautiful view from up high enough where you see sometimes the fog rolls in below you. So oh, my, well, where the horses are, the where? property where the horses are, my friend's property. She's really on a on a ridge. And oh, yeah. the fog, the fog comes in, and it just fills the whole canyon, and right. your place stays above it. It's like you're, you can't see any other yeah. houses running. You're on this cloud. Right. It's really, it's really that, magical. My place was I, like that when I was up there. Yeah, I lived in a guest house cottage, and it was like that. Yeah. Uh, do you remember yeah. where you were? Remember what? Uh, Latuna Canyon. Yeah, there's. Oh, iron... you're on Latuna Canyon. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah, right down. Down. Just so you know where the fire station is there, you go up yeah. that road, way right. up towards the top of that road there. Right? Wow. Fire and station. if you take two of the canyon all the way down to PCH, right? That's yeah. like where I that I lived oh. right on PCH, right at the bottom of Tuna Canyon. Oh, okay. Right there. Yeah. I love we the probably, I miss the Pacific Ocean sometimes. We yeah. probably drove past each other a bunch of times. I know. And, and I saw what those too. You worked an episode on Murder She Wrote. I was a set nurse on that for Oh, you really? Wow. Yeah, I thought, oh, God, I wonder if we cross paths. Um, yeah, you just how many? You just did one episode of that, or yeah, yeah, that was a great oh? gig. You know, Murphy I know. Did you meet Angela Lansbury? And oh, you know, Angela, the thing about yeah, I had I had scenes with Angela. The thing about her is she would cast that entire show herself. She would wow. see somebody. She, I didn't audition. That was what. That was the first job. I, I can honestly say that was the first job that was ever offered to me without an audition. Wow. And, and wow. that was a long, long time ago. I think maybe she saw me on Dynasty. I don't know what she saw me on. Uh, but she would watch TV, and if she liked somebody, she'd write down their name, and then when a part came up, she'd say, hire that person. And they paid you better than other TV shows, and it was a straight offer. She treated you because so, she loved actors. So she, yeah. treated, she treated the actors with such respect. And you know, just getting offered a role at that point without having to audition you know, was just unheard of yeah and then, get, and then to get paid a little bit more than you get normally get it was like wow and she was a gem she was yeah yeah, yeah she she was, was that, that was actually that was actually a really a very nice experience 
Trying to remember, there's some great actors on that episode too. No, there was. Uh, oh yeah, Jeff Conaway was in my episode. He also died young. He was from Queens. Remember, he was the he was on Taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, we were from the same neighborhood in Queens, so that was fun. But then he, he was... I think we're at that age now. We were saying, "Wow, the two because we're." I feel even though in six years. I'm that old, you know, we still got some time ahead of us. Yeah. There's a future and some things. And that. I, what I'm talking about in this moment right now, really uh, focused on like the, the horses, the animals, return to freedom. You yeah, spend yeah. a lot of time with that. I mean, I, I remember seeing the wild horses running through something. Like, said there's actually somebody who's having these horses slaughtered and killed. Is that the government? Is it in California yeah. or different states? No. Or, it's in the states and the, you know there it's the bureau of land management that's a federal land management oh it's a federal oh so that's that's control so yeah you know their yeah. intentions originally i think were good were to manage the large you know the herds but a lot of it was because the cattle ranchers wanted the land to, for their grazing of the cattle uh so, but the wild horses you know they were there first they've been there forever they belong there right uh right and you know and you know we're, we're encroaching on their land so they will round they round up they still do it they round up these herds of beautiful wild mustangs that are you know that have a lineage going back four or five hundred years and uh yeah and um they round them up. It's a horrible, horrible way they do it. You know, they run them down. Oh my God. And, and the foals get separated from the mares and they, you know, that's inhumane. Yeah. It's, that's, it's terrible. Yeah. And then they're, they're driven into these pens that are all of a sudden they're just driven until they're in these tiny pens. They try to jump over the fences and they get hurt. It's, and then they're, oh, kept, yeah. they're kept in horrible conditions. So there's, there's a few organizations return to freedom is one of them. And they try to adopt as many as they can from the Bureau of Land Management, keep the original herds intact so their bloodlines are intact, and find places to where they could live on the land uh, in their original herds and uh, not get sold off to other countries to, for meat or just slaughtered or oh my God, mal yeah. malnutrition. So it's a, it's a, when you're standing out a bunch in, in with a herd of wild horses, it's just and you see them running, it's just breathtaking. It's I know. That's our country with my wife, and we saw that, and it uh, is. It is. It's, it's just yeah. amazing. And I mean, our whole history was built on the backs of those horses. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and you treat you know, them that way. It's horrible. Is there any kind of political so, movement or petition well, to sign always, against the Fed? Yeah, there are always, always bills in Congress. To, what they're trying to do is is uh, manage the herds without... without um, without rounding them up and killing them or selling them off or, or just right. them in terrible conditions just by, you know, uh, scientific herd management, you know, uh, birth exactly. control within the herds. And there's, there's ways to do it with darts and, you know, and just manage the herd so they could stay healthy and have enough food and, uh, right. and water, you know, water's a big issue now all over. Right. Is it, oh, California. Well, Ohio, we're, we're drowning here. But I wish they would build water pipelines instead of oil pipelines. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I, we could send you some water from here. Yeah. I know. We watch the news. You see these places flooding, and then it's like, oh, we can, yeah, don't water your lawns. And then you see right. with their, their houses floating away. And it's like, well, maybe, yeah. maybe we can figure yeah. a way to work, work this out. Here we have the Ohio River raising so high it's you know you know Hooters the restaurants getting washed down the river and stuff. Uh -oh. like that. Well, at least everybody at least everybody will float. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I was going to try to say, what was another little Carmine say? What was it you're on that? Uh, you said, what about that? What was that guy's name? There's a line you said in there. What about oh, that bill? Who was that? About which? Uh, you're asking about some guy. What, what about that? Um, I forget his name now. But oh, I was thinking I had, of when I first. I had, I had so many people quote the lines to me all the time. You know, I call oh, yeah. a poseur. We're caught in the stagmire. Yeah, you know, a, you know a pint of blood costs more than a gallon of gold. All those, you know, I had just those. I love those. Just, yeah. The poseur is great because there's actually tons of poseurs in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's you for sure. Walk around behind him with a, a dustpan and a broom, sweet names up, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Really, they drop them so fast. Uh, I know. I'm glad you've kept yourself away from the bitter and the negative. You, you're you so positive. Very positive. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tell young actors, you know, I, I, I came up with some guys and, and they hit way faster than I did. They started working soon. And now it's like, where are they? You know, they get yeah. so bitter and and uh, it, it works against you. And uh, I just decided early on, and I tell young actors this, if they ask me for advice, I say, you have to find things that bring you joy that aren't connected to this business. Exactly. <laughs> This business will eat you up. If you're, all your happiness is dependent on somebody else hiring you, when the competition, you'll never be happy. Yeah. There's always a job, always a job you're not going to get. There's always somebody that's going to be working more than you. You've got to find something that gives you some kind of joy on a daily basis. And living on the ocean did it for me. I would kayak a lot. And you know what it was like out there. You'd see the dolphins yeah. and the wet. You know, I'd kayak yeah. and be surrounded by dolphins. It's hard to be in a bad mood if you're sitting in a kayak and a pot oh, no. comes by. You know, one of them li lifts his head up and gives you a little smile. You know. Or roller so, rollerblading down the boardwalk behind sexy girls in bikinis and stuff like that. There's always something. There's <laughs> always something to look at. And make right. you smile, Mike. So right. that's, uh, that's the advice I give. Find something that, that's in your control that you don't need somebody else's permission to do that gives you some kind of joy. Because if all your joy is in that basket of getting hired, you're going to be miserable because there's going to be years where you don't, it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, it's true. And I, I have to thank my wife for actually this, the G stream is something that's like I, I do a lot of things, but this is a focus and it gives me a lot of joy to, to meet, you know, talent, other artists such as yourself. Uh, you've been preceded by some chefs that have cooked for famous people uh, like Michael Jackson. There's another one coming on, that went on tour with big stars. I mean, if uh, you ever, um, do you have a favorite food? What's your cuisine? Have you had a chef come cook for you or do you I've never you restaurant for food? You know, I, I, you know what's weird? The pandemic. I, I, I cook a little bit. I wouldn't call myself a chef, but there's a few dishes I make. You know, of course, I'm very partial Italian food. Uh, obviously, it's not uh -huh. too obvious. Uh, but I just started. <laughs> I, I just started. You know, during the pandemic, I had this craving. You know, up here in Topanga, but I had this craving for like old school New York restaurant Italian food that I had like as a kid. You know, like uh, right. You know, uh, like chicken marsala. I had an yeah, urge yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. I had an urge for chicken marsala. That's nothing my family ever made. But if I ever went to a, re you know, we go to those little neighborhood Italian restaurants. Right. I have the chicken. So I went online. I found this guy called Chef Pasquale. He's uh -huh. this old. You got to check him out. He's this old Italian guy. 
and he makes the dishes. He makes these videos. And first of all, he's just so charming to watch him make these things in his own kitchen. And he goes through every Italian recipe you could think of from start to finish. And I started just, you know, watching him for the entertainment value. And uh-huh. uh, and now that's my favorite thing to pick up tips from him. And, Chef Pasquale, and, huh? And he's got this great Italian accent. He's right off the boat. You know, he's, he's probably, you know, in his late 70s, maybe. And uh, yeah, check him out. I think you'd really oh, well. enjoy So he has yeah. a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, he's all over yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, uh, we'll put out uh, on this one. Uh, we're going to do a big bulletin before we drop this. Uh, we'll we'll put, put a little link to him on there. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put a little link to Pasquale. Yeah. I like that. You know, Miss Pasquini taught me how to make espresso. I knew the Gavinia family in Los Angeles had a coffee business. And Pasquinia taught me uh, the Gavinias are down in Los Angeles. And I had a gourmet coffee business while I was responding. And I I would sell beans, all different hospital ERs and stuff. (laughs) But uh, I had other accounts, but I got into coffee in Pasquini. she was a lady that taught me how to make the perfect espresso, you know, with the, wow. with the cream on top, which is not clear. It's just kind of yeah. cream on top, that froth. Yeah, yeah that creme. Yeah, yeah. You got to get that froth. Yeah. Yeah. And if you run it too long, you get too much acid. It gets rid of it. Right. So right. nice and short and rich. I, I love espresso. And I love Italian yeah. food, too. Myself. Yeah. So, I had a, so I'm going to have Yeah, I had a favorite place I'd go for a nice espresso in New York. Uh, it was called, oh, my God, I can't believe I just forgot the name of it. Because it was there forever, and John Lennon and Yoko used to go there. And their picture was in the thing. It was on 71st Street off Columbus Avenue, and they they lost their lease, and now it's a hardware store. And it breaks my heart because they had a little oh, garden. I, it had a little yeah, garden in the back, and it was my favorite place to go. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, When's the last time you went back to New York to check things you know, out? It's funny, you should ask, Mike. This is the longest in my life that I've been away from New York because of the pandemic. It's been over. It's been three years. And I've never wow. gone. I've never gone a year without going back to New York. So I'm getting a little antsy now. You know, I'm, I'm, bad, yeah. I'm still friends with all my high school friends. You know, I still see them when I go back, and uh, uh, so I'm getting a little antsy. You know, I don't like to go yeah. in the summer when it's too hot, but I can see myself going in the next month or two. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, we're it's yeah. opened up enough now. I think. Yeah, yeah I still have to so. wear masks on a plane, but uh, I've been back yeah, and yeah. forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I come out yeah, to LA, for sure, we'll have to go to a restaurant. You know, Kasha had that restaurant, but it had some uh, healthy food, you know, vegetarian, vegan. What were you yeah, saying yeah. about Billy Bob Thornton? My wife said something about that. Billy Bob Thornton, that, uh, that uh, vegan uh, pimento cheese dip. <laughs> he said, I don't know about that. I'm Italian. I don't know, I don't know about a vegan. I don't know about that. It's a much but I am a big Billy Bob Thornton fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, well, how can I make that Italian for, for you? And I, because I, I'm a chef, art. I've studied culinary arts. I went into studying, and um, I said, "I'm going to do that." I got all the herbs I grow fresh. I put some oregano, Italian wow. in it, yeah. and maybe I'll, you know, I'll put some mozzarella on top of it. And then it'll be good. Italian. Yeah, yeah. Boy, but, you, you're you're really a jack of all trades, man. You were a, so when you <laughs> let me artist, ask you a question. You, know? you were first responder. You were a first responder with the fire department. Did you work yeah, with the Los department? Angeles Los Angeles City Fire? Yes. Wow. I was a medic in the military first, but then right. there. Wow. Um, and where, what's 
We are in LA. Do you remember? Do you know? Oh, yeah. Well, first station was Hollywood, Station Twenty Sevens. Now the old one—that's the one I work in—is a museum now, and then they have a new one next to. Me. But that was my first one, Hollywood. What are those? Were bizarre nine one one calls. My God, wow. <laughs> I got stories in those. And then Fifty uh, Ones, and then you get yanked down to South Central, and I yeah, saw yeah. You know, a lot of violence. And down yeah, yeah. near Martin Luther King, they they train military doctors how to treat gunshot wounds and stabbing. Wow. So what what years were those? Yeah. What year? You, that was, remember uh, what year? was in the eighty. I got out of the Air Force around eighty four, and yeah. it was from nineteen eighty four all the way through almost uh, nineteen ninety something. I, I lasted wow. a little over five years, and then you know. Uh, Kind of a uh, what do you call it, breaking point? So, well, yeah, this, I, this, this burn, I, I'm sure there's burn. a burnout factor with that with those jobs. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, they they 100 turnover every seven years. They say they wow. lose about 2.5 medics a month. So, wow. You know, they just drop. I met some guys that stayed on when I went back. I only saw this guy at Starbucks, and boy, he looked fried. Yeah. You know, he's, his face, he just looked fried. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to talk to. I'm going to talk to because I'm actually right working on a little project uh, with a friend of mine, and one of the characters is a, uh, a former um, EMT guy or a paramedic out of New York. But maybe you know, if I ever need a little technical info. Oh, for I'll, sure. Uh, I, I'm yeah, still yeah. on top of it. Once it so many hundreds and not several thousand. You know, first responses. I, I, I'd yeah. be able to help you quite a bit on that. Yeah, I'm sure you've, you've seen it all. Yeah, I get an open line for you on that if you need. That. I appreciate that, man. I yeah, sure. That. Was a, um, uh, that's how I started as a medic in the military, and then wow. and I went from there. You know, so yeah. My day nine hit that point. I got lucky to cross over into motion picture. Um, after yeah. I burned out as a medic there, I got lucky to be a medic on film sets. You know. You know, I'm, you know, I'm seeing a couple accidents, sniffle noses, and you yeah. know, take care of people. But it's nothing like having to be out in the street. No, uh, no I, I think the worst thing I, I think the worst thing I ever saw on a set was somebody got hit with the, the, the side of the camera and got a gash in his head, or you know, some act of the camera. <laughs> camera swung around too fast and caught his head, or yeah. you know, let's see. I, yeah. I, I tore, I tore a ligament in my knee on the set and on a stunt. Yeah. You tried um, to do your own stunt. You didn't have a stunt double. I did, but we were doing this ice skating thing, and my skate just—you know—I had to do some of it, you know, and then the yeah, right. double. But I did just even the part I did. I caught the tip of my skate and went, "Oh, I heard that noise." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and it's actually in the take. You can actually, if you actually watched it, you could see. I think they used the take where I went down because I was supposed to not be a good skater, so uh, so it worked out pretty well. They they got a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Yeah. It's a fun life, yeah. But you're you've been able to slow down now, enjoy the, the horses and yeah, yeah. Time you spent up there, you do you, uh, ride every day or no? I go up and mm-hmm. I see the horses uh, almost every day. You know, it, 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 so much of it is even more than the riding; it's just being around them. You know, yeah. These, these horses aren't stalled. You know, they're out. So you go up yeah. there. Like this morning, I went up there and I was talking to one of them, and I I'm looking for my guy, and all of a sudden he comes running up the hill when he sees me and it's like oh it's what's your, so... what's your what's your guy's name stewart stewart. stewart stewart oh okay he's a rescue he's a rescued mustang oh that's nice yeah that's nice yeah they give him a life you know yeah that's awesome yeah. it's a besides that return to freedom the riding of the horses and then the plays um 
have you been are they still isolating you out there in los angeles uh with the virus or, or restaurants and things opening up there now no everything's everything's pretty much open now i i uh, haven't i don't think i've eaten in a restaurant since there's a lot of a lot of places have now they've added outdoor spaces you know that's been the big thing yeah and new york too a lot of the places in you know it looks right. like new york now with the outdoor cafes uh so uh, it's pretty. It, everything's pretty much open now. Like the, I just closed the play. I just did a play, and we had to get tested all the time. And I actually got COVID my third day of rehearsal, <clears throat> so I missed ten oh, days wow. of rehearsal. Um, but the audience had to uh, wear masks for the still wear masks in the theater during the show. Huh. So did uh, you get any symptoms from it, or did you? Oh no, I was pretty sick. Work. Oh, you were. I was huh? pretty sick for about five days. I had a terrible one of the worst sore throats I ever had and uh, and a cough and I would cough and it would hurt my throat so much. And then I was fatigued. You know, even when I went back to the play, I had to, you know, play catch up to everybody else because I missed so many rehearsals. Uh, you know, I'd find myself, wow, I'm out of mm. breath on that line. Usually I could get through right. the line without having to take that extra breath. And plus my dressing room was like three flights up and I had to oh, yeah. wardrobe change. That's so a tough one. And it's like, oh, whew. You know, I was a little harder yeah. than norm- normally is. So I-, I still get a little tired in the afternoons right around this time. We're actually talking during my nap time. This is when I like to take my... <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I'm keeping young. you awake. You're, you're young, Mike. You're you're my age, you're going to be taking a nap <laughs> at this time. <laughs> How many years do I get? Six, six years? Six years, you'll be... Well, but let me tell you something. Okay. That six okay. years happens in two years. Just so you I know. bet. They say is- it's... It's, yeah, it's three times faster than you think it is. Every year, it just goes faster and faster. It's my it, it does. When I turned fifty, I uh, really focused on my exercise. I was able to do fifty pull-ups. You know, five sets of ten pull-ups. But yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do six t- sets of ten. <laughs> I, I wanted know, to get yeah. back to that, but it, it, the testosterone or whatever in you. Whatever it is, <laughs> I know. And, you, and your your memory thinks you could still do stuff, and then yeah. you try to do it. It's like no, exactly. God damn, that hurts. If I can tie my shoes without making some kind of noise, I'm very happy. That's a good day. If I can tie my shoe without saying, ow, oi, oi. That was me last night. Getting into bed sometimes. Yeah, that's funny. How about waking up? You ever wake up and pull something? I've gotten woken up in the middle of the night and like I hurt myself. <laughs> yeah. What were you doing? Were you playing soccer, Ray? What were you doing? Playing rugby? No, yeah, no, I, was, I was sleeping. I was sleeping. And I pulled my pulled a hamstring. <laughs> I get cramps. It's true. You know, I helped rehab my dad with a broken hip, though, and so I did all the exercises with him. And oh, yeah, yeah. I picked up some good ones, you know, before you even get out of the sack. And I watched an interview with Dick Van Dyke and those older guys. Oh, yeah. We talk about stretching before they even get out of the sack and some yeah. exercises you can do before you get out, like just do those hip thrusts, you know, he's, he's legs a, and do hip thrusts and get, get yeah, things yeah. moving. Well, then get out. Yeah, he, I've heard about, he's a good guy. I've worked with Dick Van Dyke twice and he came to see the play I just did. He did. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, I didn't I see him. He left before I came downstairs, but uh-huh. I guess he had to get back. But he's an amazing guy. I did I did two two of his shows. That what was it? Diagnosis murder, and then I did a movie with him. Uh, uh-huh. He's just he's just remarkable. You know, yeah. Still, it'll still. You know, I remember I was in a restaurant in Malibu. I don't know if you remember Marmalade in Malibu. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 so I, I do. I was sitting to have a breakfast once by myself. It's really a long restaurant. You know, you walk yeah. in the place. It's All very the way long. down. And I was sitting like, 
you know, along the wall there. And I look up and I see him talking to the, the girl at the cashier, right? And he's just uh-huh. talking to her. And then I look down the rest of the restaurant, which was packed. And every single person was looking at him with their big childish smile on their face. Everybody, <laughs> every single person, and this is Malibu. They're used to seeing celebrities. Everybody looked like a five-year-old child with just a big smile. And all he did was talking to somebody, and then he left, and everybody just, he changed everybody's mood just walking into the restaurant. It was, it was yeah. really, a, he's really a magical guy. And he's up there. He's uh, yeah. like He's in, in the late nineties, I think. I watched him on that show Sunday morning. And he's with the two other guys. I forget, but uh, I right, just remember right. it stars. Still all friends, yeah. Mel yeah, Brooks. they walk, walking, yeah. stay, stay in motion, walk, stretch in the morning, walk. Yeah, he's still you know? he was doing a little dance show. Even like three or four years ago, he did a show. Oh my god, dance. still, yeah, wow. Yeah, he, that is great. Yeah, stay in motion. That's what I used to tell myself. I just keep moving, you know. Yeah, use it or lose it, as they say. <laughs> that's true. Use it or lose it. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I love um, so what was else I was just going to ask you. Um, it's just good to get, get to know you, really. Yeah. You know, through this, what, what you're doing now and, and, and the plays. I, I think I've was I would have loved to have gone on the other side of the camera from being behind the camera. There's a couple of times I got a chance to get out there and be an extra. There's a couple of little speaking yeah. parts or stand in or something. And it was, it was, it's a fun process. I just couldn't never hit the spot where I could have made a living out of it. You know, it's like, no, yeah, you know so, so few do Mike. And that's why, you know, I didn't become the big star. I thought I would, or, you know, when I was a kid, but uh, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, I made a living. I stayed in it. Uh, so I look back on my life and I think, all right, you know, I set out to do something years ago and I, I managed to do it all these years. And right. I, well, I think if it, in my eyes, you've, you've reached star status in a sense well, that you've made it you know, at the end yeah, you're a hall of famer or at least I'm, something. You know, like, I call myself one of those, you know, like a working class actor, you know? Yeah. We call it working class. And, yeah. but which is great. You've done, uh, the surprise was really put you yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was magical. Yeah. That was that was a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, and that was such an awesome show. I didn't watch it until of recent after I got here, not while it was filming. I don't forget what yeah. I was doing then, but um, it was uh, I watched it like a year or two ago, and then I've been reviewing some of it too. Like, and I remember how I binged on that as well. It was one of those shows, you know, you binge yeah. on all the way through. Well, and, well, when it was first on, people would have to wait, you know, wait till Sunday yeah. night to watch, wait till Sunday. And then we took a year and a half in between seasons once. Oh, my God. A yeah. year. So now, people, you know, the year, that year and a half goes by in a click. You know, they go, okay, you went up one season's ending, the next season's starting. When, when it was originally on, they had to wait a year and a half. But it was apparently the most binge show around the world during the pandemic. And it exploded around the world. I get I get so many requests from Melbourne, Australia, for some reason. Oh it's wow! Huge. Sopranos is huge in Melbourne, Australia, or in Ireland, or in Scotland. It's it's uh-huh. amazing how it's, it's taken on this whole other life. And I, you know, like I said, I do these cameo videos, these birthday videos and stuff. And I'll do them for a seventeen-year-old kid, and then I'll do it for an eighty-year-old man. It's like seventeen-year-olds will say, "Oh, I just watched the whole series for the third time." You know, it's like my like, wow. You know, you weren't even born when it was on the air, you know, and it's, whole, it's got this, this whole new life. So I think that's, you know, I think 
Yeah, it's always going to be. It's going to be a classic. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, you can't even watch the news. You watch the news for a whole day. At one point, somebody's going to make a reference to Tony Soprano or The Sopranos. You know, I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. it's just, it's just a cultural <laughs> reference point. Even if people don't know the show, they get the references. You know. And, yeah, I even re- I've referenced your name. Why is it? This is actually to my son. He's using a lot of big words and stuff. I can't have a conversation with him. I said, "You sound like little Carmine." <laughs> Pissed him off. <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh it is it becomes a colloquialism almost you know, yeah, a lot of the, yeah. the things in there pick up um very enjoyable and uh yeah. you're at your nap time now i kept you awake huh yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> do you have any like um let's see anybody like different chefs you said italian food is your favorite cuisine huh? yeah. your you favorite recipe check out that chef pasquale i think you'll dig That's, it. chef pasquale i'm He's gonna look so- that up He's so sweet. Like instead of to like to stir something, he says, "Oh, you you make it a turn. You make a turn. Make a turn. <laughs> make a turn." Because it's the same <laughs> verb in Italian to stir and to and to turn. So when he translates it to the, when he speaks English, he says, "And it just it just cracks. Oh, look at how look at how beautiful. Look at how beautiful this chicken looks. And look at oh. and he's just." And then the, I can't the, wait. I can't wait. Yeah. And you follow his recipes, and they're just so they're just so delicious. Yeah. I, mean, I can't wait. I'm gonna learn to do that. I worked a, you know, I went to Le Cordon Bleu before they took oh. off, and they did some other things like that because I just wanted to make a, a shift, you know. And I love foods, yeah. and art, you know. I've always been attracted yeah, yeah. to the arts. Even medicine was an art at one time. Now they have to follow so many algorithms and what insurance companies yeah, yeah. say it's lost its art. But uh, I wanted to end up talking about that trip you made to Italy and you know, your travel, that just seemed like it was a, a real like moment of um, just a very special moment in your life. Can oh, you tell me about, about that? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Well, that one happened. That one was such a, that whole trip, that was actually just 10 years ago, exactly 10 years, that particular trip, I think that you're talking about. And uh-huh. everything that happened on this, that trip happened by some, some kind of serendipitous accident, you know, right. like, uh, for instance, I, I was just telling a friend of mine, this Italian woman friend of mine, that I'd like to go back to Sicily, and my grandfather died in Sicily. I'd like to go back there. And she mentioned it to a friend of hers who happens to be a journalist, and he wrote just a little article about you know, how I'd like to find my roots in Sicily. And somehow it got published in the little newspaper in my grandfather's hometown, and then they invited me to come to go, uh, because there was a uh, so... And then I'm, uh, this is a great story. I'm on the, we're talking about the gym. I was on the treadmill at the gym and there's a woman next to me and I had never met her before. And somehow we just start chatting and I don't know what came up. And she said, well, my father was a writer. And I said, oh, really? What's his name? She said, well, you've probably never heard of him. I said, well, what's his name? She said, John Fonte. And I said, oh my God, John Fonte. I just finished reading his book uh, yesterday because uh-huh. my nephew, because John Fonte is an American writer, but he's huge in Italy for some reason. Everybody in Italy knows him. And my nephew had just read all of his books when he was studying in Italy. So he told me, Uncle Ray, you got to read this, this book, Ask the Dusk. Uh, so I read it and I loved it. And then the next day I meet this woman. She says, that's her father. So I, I can't believe it. She said, every year I'm going to a festival. There's a festival in Italy in my father's honor. And there's a library with his name on it in Italy. And I said, she didn't know me at all. She had no idea who I was. So I said, well, where in Italy? And she said, oh, you probably never heard of it. And I said, well, where? She goes, well, it's in Abruzzo. I said, well, oh, wow. that <laughs> happens to be my last name. So we became <laughs> yeah. friends. 
I was doing a play at the same time. She came to see the play and we became friends. And then a, a year later, I'm at the festival in Abruzzo, Italy, after having gone to Sicily to find my grandfather's grave and they gave me a little plaque. And it was such an emotional experience. My grandfather died in 1934. We're talking about, you know, you know and yeah. to, stand, to stand, you know, and then I, I met a guy on the plane there's so many coincidences to that story. A guy on the plane, uh, we're going from Rome to Palermo. We're talking, and uh, I'm talking to the guy next to him because he's wearing a Santa Barbara, California sweatshirt. And so I'm with my nephew, and my nephew's from Santa Barbara. He says, well, are you from Santa Barbara? He goes, no, I, I am a chef in a Santa Barbara, but I am going home to get married. He goes, where, I said, uh, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to Shaka. I said, oh, uh, we're going to Shaka. That's where my grandfather is. And the guy sitting next to us says, a very distinguished man. He says, I too am going to Shaka. And then, uh, he says, then he says, excuse me, are you Ray Abruzzo? I said, yes. He goes, I am reading about you. Right? He had the article in the Sicilian <laughs> newspaper wow. about me going to Shaka. So he becomes, turns out he's an actor in Rome. He becomes our tour guide. We still, I still talk to him all the time. He still puts flowers on my grandfather's grave every time he goes to the cemetery. It's just the whole trip was just filled with that kind of serendipitous magic. Magic. Yeah. You know, to stand on to stand on a dock in Sicily where I know my grandfather sold fish. You know, it's like yeah. and to realize that I am where I am because of decisions he made in the early 1900s. You know, it's just. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was pretty mind blowing. The whole trip was just amazing. I'm, uh, thank you for bringing that up because uh, I, I, I did. I didn't want to go through this hour without bringing that up because that yeah. that was the one thing I really enjoyed too. Yeah. Uh, just hearing parts of that and then how how he said what well, he he'd served his purpose after he had oh, that was, oh that was the the guy that was when we we couldn't find the grave site for my grandfather because he died uh -huh. in 1934. But I had uh -huh. a photograph. I had a little photograph of my father standing at my grandfather's grave. And in, in those days, they actually put a picture on the tombstone of the person. Right. So my, yeah. father, my father was a painter and he had done a portrait of my grandfather that he had done from the only picture that existed, which was his passport photo, that little tiny passport photo. So uh -huh. my father had done a painting of my grandfather and that was the only image I had of my grandfather. It turns out that's the exact picture that's on his tombstone, the passport photo. Oh, wow. So I'm showing yeah. the picture to the guy at the cemetery, and we can't find it. You know, it's not this, you know, it's a huge old cemetery. And a little old man comes and goes, I know where this is. And he leads us to my grandfather's grave. And then afterwards, I thanked him uh, for finding my grandfather's grave. And that's what he said to me. He said, I served my purpose. Yeah. yeah, that's the moment. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's that's you know, what that moment. We found it. My wife likes to explore and, and do her walks through cemeteries, and we found some old tombstones here in Cincinnati that do have pictures. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very many, but there there are some. Yeah, a lot of a, a lot, yeah. yeah, a lot of them in Sicily, and you know Queens. I grew up in Queens. I don't know if you know Queens has more dead bodies per square mile than any place <laughs> in the world. Wow, it's all cemeteries. Queens, Queens oh, wow. Filled. Because in the early, you know, the early America, you know, when they were settled on, in New York and that whole area, Queens was where all the cemeteries were. So there were some really old, old cemeteries there. You know, that's where we go to shoot all the Soprano cemeteries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? what's, what's the name of it? Oh, there's a million of them. There's, a million. Know, this, 
Yeah, there's a million. There's Calvary Cemetery. There's oh, can oh, can't think of the whole. I even went to a high school uh, in Queens, and our entrance was surrounded. We were surrounded by a, a cemetery, and so often the processions would make the wrong turn and, and drive <laughs> into the high school, and would also look out the window and wait. Here we go again. Another cemetery <laughs> funeral procession would have to make a U-turn back out to the thing because the gate was the gate to our school was right next to the gate to the cemetery. You know, it's just a oh, wow. gate. So they <laughs> often, so often they make the wrong turn. <laughs> I didn't know that back when it's man. That was something. Yeah. What a what a what a I'd like to say I I felt a bit just what a blessed life and and, and to be in a, a place in life where there's happiness. That, yeah. that you find yourself in and, and the freedom with the horses and it's it's great and i'd like to touch base with you again sometime you know sure, in the future. And, and, well, you if know, i come to la i definitely want to uh, you know meet up in the app, very yeah, nice we'll, time. we'll find the nice we'll find a nice espresso with the foam on the top if we could right yeah, i know where those are it's a little secret gym restaurants right. too throughout there. oh cafe la fortuna cafe la fortuna i just remember the place that was on 70, 71st street that um John Lennon used to go to. And okay, I, Fortuna. I remember that. It's, it's gone there now. Oh, it's that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's oh, a hardware that. store now. Oh, yeah. That's sad. <laughs> but, yeah. But they had oh, did, have you been to the end of the seventh ray up there? Is they, oh, that's they right. Yeah, it's close. I've been there a few times. It's been a while. Is it still really good? Or Yeah, know. yeah. People still go there. They did very well during the pandemic because it's such a beautiful outdoor space, you know? Right, so, right. So, so, yeah. Yeah. That's so with that, we're running into the end of the hour here. But, um, All right, man. This is great spending this moment in time with you. I hope you have a great evening this evening. And I will, uh, if there's anything, email me or uh, or go and text me any kind of links or, or any kind of places you'd like All to right, send to Pasquale. And we'll, uh, we'll drop this. We'll drop it on Sunday. But if you got little pictures or some things you want to add, my wife does the blog ahead of time. We can fill it all in with all that all stuff. Right. Well, she pretty she pretty much knows my Instagram page. If there's anything yeah, she, she wants from if she wants anything from there, I could send the original picture. She knows how to contact me, and then we okay. can just sure. add it that way. Sounds okay. good. All right, Sounds Mike, great. pleasure. I'm sure we'll see you again. All right. Later, see you later. Okay. Bye now. Coming up on the next episode of the G-Stream, celebrity chef Manny Real. Be sure to join us next time.